0: Radio 100.5 FM in Vancouver. I'm Tasha Sims. And I'm Mark Cron. And that was, because I know you're all wondering, what the heck are we listening to? That was Beauty and Truth Lab, uh, Sacred Janitor, the sacred janitor of the edge of time. I I just got such a kick out of that when I first heard it. It's so... um, tongue-in-cheek let's put it that way in terms of the new age movement which is good we've got to be able to laugh at ourselves right
1: mark well if you can't laugh at yourself you know who can you laugh at really Well, we could laugh at each other, too. Well, I I laugh with you, not at you. That's true. That
0: is true. (laughs) So we've got a really fun show for you tonight. Our guest is Tori Hartman. Uh, She's an intuitive, a spiritual teacher, a best-selling author. It was after a near-death experience that she developed Chakra Wisdom Oracle Cards, which have been on Amazon's top 10 (laughs) card decks for the past five years. And then she used the foundational teaching from that deck to create her new offer, offering which we're talking about tonight, Chakra Wisdom Tarot. And for the first time in any tarot deck, The Fool's Journey is undertaken by a woman. It's a very, uh, the artwork is, is quite stunning. We're going to talk about how she came up with that. She applies the seven chakra system to the 78 card tarot and shows us how to use the oracle as a powerful manifesting tool. So I know some of you have lots of experience with oracle cards and collect them and have tons of them and other people go, well, what is this and how does this work? We're going to find out tonight. We'll talk about Tori's process in creating them and and also how to use the deck to help you in your own growth as well as setting personal intention. Welcome to the show, Tori. Hello. Did we lose her
1: again? Oh,
0: no. There she is. Hi, Tori.
1: Hi Oh good. Now we have a connection. <laughs> <laughs> okay it, it, So well the silly button sometimes. You hit- one button. if you don't have that pressed, it just doesn't patch everything through It's just like life. It's always that
0: one little oh, it's thing. A
1: one little thing.
0: So hey, Tori, where are you? Where are you calling from?
2: I am in Asheville, North Carolina.
0: In North Carolina. So let's start with your personal story, if that's okay. What drew you to this kind of work that you're doing in the creation of the Chakra Wisdom Tarot?
2: Well, <laughs> it's a bit of a long story, but I'll try to I'll try to keep it short. Um, I'm I'm from New York originally, and I moved to Los Angeles, and I lived there for over twenty years. <laughs> And right before I left New York, I had a near-death experience, which is a different show. And um, after that time, I had what I consider now angels and guides coming and telling me what I thought was really ridiculous stories, all based on color. And And I wrote them down, because these, these guides wouldn't go away till I wrote them down. And they were in drawers for 10, 15 years, and then all of a sudden, it, it, they're um, just trying to Ma- a mastermind groups formed, and and I started using these tables. And the next thing I knew, I recognized this should be a card deck. And thus, in the scope of things, I self-published, which was dumb. Um, but I sold ten thousand copies of the deck off my website. Mm,
3: that's and amazing. In,
2: in about two years, in about two, yeah, yeah, pretty, amazing. pretty cool. That was the that's that cool. was the Oracle deck. That was the Chakras mm-hmm. and Oracle, and. Because that deck has gone on to sell over well over 100,000 uh, decks worldwide, when I went with a major publisher, um, when I, I said, Oh, I want to do this deck, because I kind of had an idea about the chakra wisdom tarot, because tarot has always been my kind of my, my fun thing. And I was playing with it one day, and I recognized that there was a rhythm. In the tarot that worked with the chakra, and I started laying it out, and I recognized the this particular pattern, and I said, "I think this is going to work." And I started to develop it, and I would say it was about four years in the making, and I it just came out. So mm-hmm. it it's very interesting because it really is um, it's really the. The it's an ultra-feminine deck.
3: Oh, for and, sure. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And it really is, um, it's about the woman's journey and the fool's journey because in the fool's journey, which is the 21 excuse me, 22 Major Arcana. So can I pause you for a sec?
0: Because we're going to go a little slower. We've got a whole hour, and before we dive into the, the deeper aspects of your particular deck, let's just do some basics for those who are listening who have no idea what an oracle deck is. So could you define it and its primary purpose?
2: Okay, so there is a difference between an oracle and a tarot deck, and A tarot deck is consistently 78 cards. An oracle deck is made by a creator. It can be any amount of cards. It can be anything from 10 cards to, you know, 120, let's say. So it's not any particular pattern. It's not made in any particular way. It really, it really is just based on what the energy of that oracle is. And the oracle is kind of the wisdom from the, if you will, the stars and whatever that creator puts together. So that's when you see oracle of the trees or oracle of the birds or, you know, like mind shock or wisdom oracle. Oracles are unique unto themselves. So there's, there's, no, there's no pattern. That's, that's what an oracle deck is.
0: And its purpose
2: you know, every Oracle deck, I would say, and every creator has a different purpose with their Oracle deck. For me, mine was really about self-expression, uh, self I would say self-awareness, and, and creativity. Mine was a lot around creativity and finding your own voice. And when I say that, again, every Oracle creator is going to have a different idea of what their deck's about so it's it's almost as varied as a movie so you know my basically my movie is about is about the person and the life of the artist and that that was what my oracle deck was
0: Mm -hmm. but the thing they have in common is that you would um shuffle the cards Uh, Mm -hmm. meditating on an intention and then pulls some cards with different layouts, different spreads to Mm -hmm. get information. And so I wonder if you could touch on how that works because it's pretty amazing for those people who have not worked with Oracle cards. It's a bit mind-blowing how you... Uh, pick the card that is so pertinent and so almost necessary, I would say. Uh, there's often recognition for people when they pull a card. But I wonder if you can touch on how come that's working or how you view that is. It's more than just synchronicity. How do you see that?
2: Well, just, just to back up a moment, there is a difference between an oracle and a tarot deck. So um, the, the deck, the Chakra Wisdom Tarot, is a tarot deck, and that's specific to tarot. Um, so, are you asking me about oracle, or are you asking me about tarot?
0: But you've you've paired them here, right? You've married the two. And,
2: no, I did not. Oh. Um, one is one is. I have two different decks. I have a Chakra Wisdom Oracle, you know, deck. That was the first deck I ever did. This deck is five years later, and this is an evolution from that, from the wisdom of the, sh- of the chakra, really. And I, I put it into tarot. So they really are two different decks, um, and this deck is tarot. So just to, to back up, and, and ex- may I explain tarot?
0: Sure, sure. I just okay. want to, like you say, I'm picturing people out there. Many know and many, I don't want to go so deep into the specifics of your deck without giving an overview for people who don't know.
2: Right. That's why I'm yeah. I'm thinking that the, because we're talking about tarot, I think it might, because we've differentiated that the Oracle has any amount of cards, tarot, a tarot card deck if you want to call it tarot, it always has 78 cards. Now, some a couple people bent the rules and said it's tarot, but for the most part, um, a tarot card deck has what we call really five suits in a funny way. Um, and when I talk about that, there's minor arcana and major arcana. And when I talk about the major arcana, just so everyone is clear, that's the that's the twenty two cards that's the famous fool's journey. And they're considered major cards, like the death card or the devil. Some of you have heard of, you know, that kind of those those cards. Those cards are specifically in the major arcana because we all go through those various steps. So those twenty two cards of life are the majors. And they're considered cards of destiny. The lower or Minor arcana are broken into four suits, and everybody knows the basic playing card deck. So you've got, you know, in, in a playing card deck, you've got hearts, right? And in the tarot, it cups. In the wand, in tarot, becomes uh, clubs in a playing card deck. Diamonds in a playing card deck becomes the, uh, excuse me, the pentacles or the coins and then finally the ace or the spades becomes the swords. So you get the idea that the playing card deck, the small decks we play with, are, are those exact suits. Now here's where it differs. In a playing card deck, we have 52 cards. In Minor Arcana, there are 56. And the card that's missing from the playing card deck is what we call the page or in some decks like mine, the princess. And so the way it works is you've got In a a playing card deck, you've got ten, Jack, Queen, King. In the tarot, you've got ten, page, Jack, Queen, King. And the page, or as I said, the princess, that card is the spiritual messenger. So that card was actually pulled out of the playing card deck. Mm -hmm. So when we put these decks together, it's basically four different areas, really. It becomes one deck, which becomes the tarot. So the tarot really originally was used as a card game. And I never, and to be honest with everybody, I never really figured out what kind of card game it was, <laughs> but I know that's the history. Um, and so today, tarot, I think tarot is used much more universally than it was even 20, 30 years ago. And I think reading has changed, too, card reading. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I just find it fascinating. I knew a woman one time uh, that I used to work with, and she was a mystic and intuitive herself, and she didn't use a tarot deck card. She used actual – she used a deck of playing cards, and she removed the card. uh, She had a certain amount of cards, um, and she didn't Mm -hmm. use all the others because it wasn't a full deck. And it was amazing the reading she would get from just an actual deck of cards. Mm -hmm. So I I can understand where you're coming from, and I never really understood how she was doing it. And now that actually kind of makes sense.
0: And Tori, in mm-hmm. in your creation of your deck, how did you know um, which chakra to pair with, uh, which card with which tarot card? Like, how did that how did that process evolve for you?
2: I know, kind of like, how do it know? Well, the way the way I look at it is that in Western in our Western culture, we use the seven chakra now there technically are more chakra but for our purposes in the West in the West we really only have seven and in the tarot there are in the minor cards like we were talking about um, when I said the the ace through the ten and then the page jack, queen, King there are 14 cards in each of those four suits and what I recognized is that if we started with the ace which would be a red card then we could go through the seven chakra until we got to card number seven and then in the eighth card we would begin again with the red and go through all seven so just to give you an idea in the minor arcana which I explained is the four smaller decks and the four suits you always have all the aces are red cards all the eights are red cards you get to see with the first and the first chakra it really is about grounding root family of origin issues family beliefs in DNA the ideas that you came in with and so when we look at the eighth that really is bringing up from the earth and a, a gift we've come in with but then when we go through the seven chakra and we reach again the eight it begins again with a new beginning. So, for example, you might uh, you might have a really good career and you may decide to change it and go do something else. Well, the eight would tell you, oh, this is a new thing, but oh, it's not starting over. It's something new because you have all the experience behind it. So, basically, the in the aces and the eights then you've got like basically the second chakra the third chakra the fourth fifth sixth seventh so the way that works is it's very it's very rhythmic so i also did it with the layer of astrology on it which becomes the, the one the first cards the aces are all red they're all the sun the second cards are the moon the second chakra which is our emotions so you can, and you begin to see how it all ties together. The third is our thoughts or our planning, which is the mercury card, all the yellow cards. Um, and those would be the threes and the tens. So You can see how in the minor arcana, the fours and the princess or page becomes green. Fourth chakra, our heart, matters of our heart. And all of those cards are always that color. So it becomes it's very easy to see if you've got the fives and the night and you know they're all blue. It, it makes it easier and it's not that hard to kind of go, oh, okay, here's the blue cards. So when you look at them, you're going to see a whole new layer. And people who don't know the chakra at all, but they know tarot, they're going to begin to pick up the cards and go, oh, I get this because they can read the tarot aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who know chakra can pick up the cards and go, oh, I know what the chakra means, so I can now read tarot. And, it, and if you know the seven planets, the basic seven planets, then you'll know that, for example, the sixth chakra relates to Jupiter and, and so on. So the idea is that it all has a pattern and it's all in a certain rhythm. And that really is, how they tie together, so mm-hmm. that's the minor, and then the major is the Fool's Journey, which is, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that that I'm clear on that before I talk about the Fool's Journey.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I I love the artwork. I love the the depiction mm-hmm. of the women. It's got a really um, fantasy feel to it, but quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how that came to you, because uh, the art's so important in cards. I think. It it, it evokes a feeling, you know, just looking at a card.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, The interesting thing about the artwork for me in in my last deck and, of course, in this deck is I do the text. My job is the text, and I find the artist, and I find their artwork, and I go, this is the right match for this Mm -hmm. deck. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for someone who could really, like, Draw and combine beautiful realistic obviously photo and you know and drawing um look a look that was very that was almost fantas- you know fantastical but also represented the true essence of a woman in that situation in that moment it, it, not all of us are going to wear big headdresses and <laughs> dress in a back gown <laughs> maybe. We do, but not everybody does. And the point is that but we still can look at it and go, "Ah, oh, that is just so elegant or that is so daring or so there's a, there's that element of it. So when I found um, when I found the artist and I went, "Oh my gosh, can you do this?" Um, and I hired her to draw the deck, it was it was just kismet because what I do is I just say, "Here's what I think it should look like." Now, and here's the meaning, go ahead and draw it. And so there were many cards that she, you know, after she got some of them, I was like, yeah, she's got this. And she just, some of them she just created, some of them I gave very specific instructions. Like the death card was specific. Um, The hanged woman uh, card, I just said, it's going to be the hanged woman instead of the hanged man. And so she created that. Um, And I was very specific about the colors because, obviously, as you're looking at the deck, it's all about the color.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you've got all the colors of the chakras and they're all coordinated that way, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Yes. Yes. And so let's move to the Mm -hmm. fool and how, um, I mean, traditionally the fool is male. In your deck, it's a woman. Hey. hey. Easy now. No, no. The Fool with a, with a capital <laughs> F. I'm the only guy here surrounded no, by yeah, a bunch yeah. of women and women cards. <laughs> Why don't you tell us <laughs> what The Fool means and how you made that choice?
2: Well, The the Fool, The Fool card is The Fool's journey. And when we look at, this is one of the things that makes, makes tarot very profound, is that unlike a regular playing card deck, the... The, this particular deck that they consider a separate deck on the Major Arcana is really her story. Now, in a traditional deck, and actually, this is the first deck I've ever seen with the fool is a woman. So, all, I'm going to say 90% of decks because I'm not entirely sure, but most decks do have a man as the fool character. And in that character, he's stepping off a cliff, he's taking a risk, he's just carefree, and... The idea here was that every card in the Major Arcana shows you a picture, a window, a snippet of a life. So when you see the Magician card, for example, the Magician is the one who has four, uh, a set right of all of the suits on the table. So he has the sword, he has the wand, he has the cup, he has the pentacle or the coin in my deck. So when we go to these characters, we start to see each, we see into the window of snippets of a life. Well, in this deck, what my intention was, was to say, but a woman's life is not so disjointed. We go from connection to connection. And so in this deck, I really worked on The Fool as a woman, if you, in in the card, just so everybody knows, she's actually, her roots because it's a root chakra card, her chakra. her roots are from into the ground. And, and, you know, a couple of people say, wait a minute, but the fool's supposed to be jumping off a cliff, you know, he's mm-hmm. carefree. But you see a woman, when she comes into existence, she's already trapped. She already has certain expectations. So it juxtapositions the idea that, oh, isn't he cute? You know, he's just doing this great stuff to, oh, She's a darling little girl. And that kind of idea where I ask myself, how is a woman's journey the same or the different? In other words, a woman is going to go through at some point in her life an experience of death, of rebirth. So will a man. But what is it like for a woman? So in the first seven cards, which are cards that some, some of you listeners may have heard about, which is like, uh, the emperor, the empress, the, the high priestess, those first seven cards in the Fool's Journey are actually, it's the first deck that ever has had the Fool in every card. So we see the Fool go to the magician to learn the ways of mysticism. She goes to the high priestess. So in all of those cards, we're actually watching her learn in the first seven. And then we begin the chakra grouping again, where she starts living that reality. She takes what she's learned from her mentors out into the world. And then the third, if you will, the third go-round of the chakras, now we're seeing mastery, how she has mastered her life. And even in every part of this deck, there's moments like, with the, the I wanna say the um, the devil card where she she makes a, an unwise choice or does she? So we can say, gosh, as a woman, when we make an unwise choice, we're really this is how it affects us. Um and it's just it's a it's a different way of looking at a woman's journey. And it's not dis- it's not to disconnect from the you know, it's not to diss men. It's basically to say this is a highly feminine journey, and in it, I work a lot with the idea of magnetizing energy versus manifesting, which is more masculine. So when you look at these, these beautiful, like for me, I just love the way Katrina, like Katarina, drew these. I mean, they're just, you know, each one has a, a life in it. So when you look at each card, you start to see how she has evolved through the the journey of the major arcana.
0: And so for a man using these cards, could he could you mm-hmm. also look at this as his feminine energy that that that's what it's illuminating? Because we I think most of us understand that we want to be in balance with our masculine and feminine. So can we take it out of mm-hmm. gender and therefore a man could work with these cards and also um uh have that learning, living mastery element that the fools
2: absolutely. I mean I think I think it's really just this is actually just reimagining the traditional rider weight. Mm-hmm. And the rider weight, just so everybody knows, is the kind of industry standard of a right. tarot deck. Right. So each of the cards in the rider weight, I haven't changed them that much. I've only, you know, shifted them to be more feminine in this way. However, to answer your question, of course, because I've been using the rider weight, and that's a man's journey, right. you know? So yeah. I think the difference is, is that when and I was talking to somebody earlier who is an intuitive and she was just saying to me, oh, Tori, I'm so tired. And I said, that's because as an intuitive, we are working, we're trained to work in our masculine energy and when we work in your feminine reading energy. Your readings become more powerful, and you become energized because you're in your natural energy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it, it's, a, it's slightly different, but it's, it's pretty cool when you start to go, oh, wait a minute. It, it, and it's not a bad, it's not a good thing, but absolutely a man can use this and read it just as easily as a woman. Um, and I think the difference, of course, is that when you start to understand the journey of another you can grow from the
0: experience. I think also. And
2: that's the idea.
0: Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to to interrupt you no, there. That's right. But, I, but mm-hmm. I I also jumped to our whole global situation, which has been predominantly masculine driven for so long, and how mm-hmm. something new is is um, yearning to be birthed, and it, I believe is being birthed. This um, approach that you're talking about could. Um, hone or open up those channels for individuals to understand what we could all be sort of joining in terms of the. F- I think the feminine's missing, and and, and I think it's this about, is. <clears throat>
1: excuse me. I think it's about time the feminine is brought into it, mm-hmm. you know, because interestingly enough, in my experience, you know, the card readers and the tarot readers and things of that nature are generally women. Yeah. That that I've been yeah. read by. Yeah. You know. So it's interesting that. The, <clears throat> excuse me. The cards and things have been so masculine in the past. Right. And one thing I do want to say is. There are some cards in the deck that are men. Like, I'm looking at the four mm-hmm. of cards, the knight of coins, knight of wands, knight of swords. Mm-hmm. You've got some men in there.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's uh, Somebody actually sat down and did the percentage, and they said it was 18%. I was
0: like, mm-hmm.
1: Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I don't but, have but that. The artwork time. is stunning.
0: Yeah. There's no question. <laughs> it is. And so we've got to go to break in a moment, but I wonder if you could just touch on you said um that your work here is is um more about magnetizing instead of manifesting. And I wonder if you could just explain that a little bit and then we'll take a short break and come back. And we're hoping you'll do a reading. That's what we're hoping. For
3: mm-hmm. okay. sure, sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, the, the difference for me is that
2: one is less exhausting as a female, and magnetizing is much easier for me to like sink into my feminine and be in that energy of just being, you know, delightful and feminine and enjoying that. Um, and and the masculine energy is much more Mars energy. It's out there, it's getting things done, and that's not the Bad. it's not bad to do things but, um, but it's just a different energetic and it's not one is not better than the other it's just one over time can become more more comfortable as a woman it can become more comfortable if you're if you're more of a have feminine energy absolutely
0: mm-hmm. and so with manifesting action is called for, whereas with uh, magnetizing, you could actually just, as I I think you said, you could sink into or lean into the feeling of what it is you desire. Have I got it right?
2: You do. And you see, the thing is, is that what's happened is that most manifesting started as magnetizing. Mm -hmm. And what happened was it got got kind of hijacked in a lot of the ways with the way... um, Law of Attraction, and, uh-huh. and they were able to turn it and make it more masculine, but the truth is that it really is a more feminine energy, and as as a woman, we can actually create and manifest faster when we're in the feminine. Men have a little bit of a harder time with that. They have to put a different type of energy out there, so it's kind of interesting when you get into the energy of feminine, because a woman who creates a lot in her life is actually creating it in the, in the feminine if she's, if she's really able to sustain it
0: mm-hmm. yeah super interesting alright we're going to play a short mm-hmm. track and then we'll be back we're speaking with Tori mm-hmm. Hartman about her really incredible oracle deck called Chakra Wisdom Tarot you're listening to Conscious Living Radio here's a little bit of Katie Lang
3: Swim, swim through my veins Drown me in your rain My desire carries no shame My
0: 100.5 means non-commercial, listener-powered community radio. 100.5 means music, public affairs, I have a dream. and arts programming. I wish I loved the human race. I wish I loved each city face. You won't find anywhere else on the radio dial. 100.5 is not owned by a huge corporations. We are owned and operated by people like Listener you, power. by your community. 100.5 CFRO, Vancouver Cooperative Radio. Find our complete program schedule at coopradio.org. We're back. That was kind of painful. I was trying to track the sound going, what the heck's going on there? They're talking about Martin Luther King in the background? That was very... uh
1: It was an interesting Uh, PRA, that's for
0: sure. Discordant, if that's even a word. I think I just made one up. You're listening to (laughs) Conscious Living Radio 100.5 FM. I'm Tasha Sims. And I'm Mark Ron. And tonight we're speaking with Tori Hartman. Welcome back, Tori. Hi. Hi. So Tori's created this incredible chakra wisdom tarot. And before we do a reading, can you maybe share with our listeners how you use this particular deck?
2: Well, I, oof. you know, it's an interesting thing because for me, I believe that everyone has their own answers. And so it's, it's almost like I see my job as an interpreter. And ultimately my job is to make my job obsolete because as you learn that language, you'll be able to do it yourself. So we, and I want to say this too, which I think is super important to to mention is that there is a big difference between doing a tarot reading and playing with the cards and and therapy. And just to make that, that differential, you know, when I have someone call in on the radio or what have you and they'll say, oh, does he love me and they're crying You know, I'll just say, um, you don't need a psychic, you need a therapist. This is not, you know, I mean, because, you know, I think what happens and where the danger comes in when we talk about card decks and readings is people have this idea of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be suckered into paying all this money to this person, And, and it's really... The danger of that only happens when what you really need is therapy and you find someone who's going to take your money to just give you advice every week.
0: So you give away so, your power.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, yeah. and I think that before we even get into that, I wanted to, you know, the idea of what, a card, what card readings actually do. I think readings should reflect for you and validate where you are in a particular Space in your life. And when, when I get a really solid, good reading, 90% of the time it's going to be someone validating what I already suspect is going on, or it may point out something I go, oh, I didn't want to look at that. But the point is, it, it brings up something that I need to be, it needs to be revealed so it can be healed, basically. And, and that's, I think, for me, one of the strongest ways of using a deck. The other thing is, a deck can also a card reading can also point out to you where your blind spot is. You know what you're not seeing, and you can go, oh, of course. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it really is about. Uh, in this is in my opinion, it's about being with that person, holding the space, and allowing the energy to speak its truth. So when you look at a card, yes, there's a message on the card. But there's also the message that that we're sharing that's between you and me,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and and that makes a big difference too.
0: Do you think there's a recognition by the subconscious or the unconscious when it lands? Do you think that's part of um, kind of a, a a focus? Do you, do you know what I'm Absolutely. asking? Absolutely. Yeah,
2: I, I do know what you're asking, and and just. I, I think there's one other piece to that which I love that you're bringing this up because I think the other piece is, let's face it, you're going to, it's the old thing of who we do business with in life, right? You're going to do business with somebody you like. Well, in spiritual work, you're going to find someone who has the pain or wounding that you have. So, or, and what I find a lot of times is that. Because I've done a lot of personal work, and my wounding is around my family alcoholism, right? Mm -hmm. So I find a lot of people tend to come to me who, you know, when I was doing more readings, who've had family abuse or confusion or circumstances that were not healthy. And, And really what they're looking for is that same level of validation and learning how to trust themselves rather than what they were told by their family of origin. So I find that our wounding is our greatest gift. And most of the time when I'm working with a client, I'm working with them on where is their wounding and where's their gift. And and that's that's most of what I see a reading for. Now some people say it predicts the future and I, and in some ways it can, but it's all free will too, mm-hmm. right? So uh-huh. you know and, and by the way, this is why I don't like reading for kids. And I don't think children under 18 should be read. Because I just don't think it's healthy. You know, whether you get a good reader or someone who's just playing with it, a reader can say the wrong thing to a kid and they're scarred for life. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing um, how if one is not centered in oneself and is looking for help how easily as a human being um, people kind of abdicate responsibility and you know to me the future isn't quite as relevant as the next step one step one illumination which is how I feel when I work with cards it's like one illumination shows me one step even that feels not only doable but I'm moving in a direction that I know is right as opposed to going to someone and and saying show me you know give me 10 years from now and paint the picture for me and you know it kind of abdicates responsibility do you agree with that?
2: I, I do I feel that you know in general I think we're living in a time when everybody wants to abdicate the responsibility <laughs> yeah. and I think that in, in general you know, and I'm going to say something that may be racy, but of course I'm a Sagittarian, so I'll do that.
0: <laughs> and we like that here.
2: Absolutely. Okay, good. Well, what I'm going to say is that who's to say that, and I'm going to say it, who's to say that Donald Trump isn't the best thing that happened for all this consciousness awareness? Most <laughs> See, I think that we spend so much time worrying about what's happened rather than going, wait a minute, we created this. So when we abdicate, respond, oh, that's not my thing, uh-huh. you know. Or, or you look at people in the world and go, no, I didn't do that. Yeah, you did that. I'm sorry, are you breathing? Were you here?
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> You
2: know, so, and when I say that about about somebody like Trump, what I'm really saying is that if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have the women's movement we have.
0: No, so we have I, to I look totally at, get it.
2: And I think we have to look at it to go exactly in line with what you're saying. We either have responsibility or we don't. You can't have it halfway. You can't right. say, Oh, well, I have responsibility for that, but I'm not mm-hmm. having it for that. Mm-hmm. Mm, nope. You see, you either step into your ownership or you own nothing. And mm-hmm. and my dad who jumped on D Day, great guy, he used to always say, Listen, and he used to call me cricket, that was my nickname. You go, Listen, cricket, either you if you don't stand for something, you stand for nothing. Right. There's just no in between. And I think that's true. I think that, you know, whoever, whoever we decide is going to be our leader in the sense of who we're voting in. And by the way, we're voting in a bunch of cuckoo birds. This isn't just a form God. <laughs> you know. I mean, I can say this across the board for every party and every nation. There are what we're consciously bringing in is an awareness that no one will fix it for us but ourselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I believe that's what CARD's... Are about as well. They're a mirror to us, and we can choose to see it or not. I mean, you—you get it. You know, you're spot on. You get what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, totally get it. um,
2: You know, and so I think if you look at a card. You know, I think the danger in reading for yourself is the same thing as a, as a good thing of reading for yourself, because the danger in reading for yourself is trying to read the future. Does he love me? No, you need a therapist, <laughs> you know, versus, you know, because think about it, it doesn't really matter if you're miserable, mm-hmm. who cares if the person loves you, because if they love you, you're not going to experience it anyway.
3: <laughs> you're awesome that's great it's, it's, right? it's so I mean, true
2: you know so so I'll get people coming over am I going to find love I go well you know what if you don't find it in your own home you're not going to find it out in the world
0: right it right. just
2: it just doesn't work like that
0: well there goes and, my and question it doesn't
2: matter what you say to people right because they're still going to go I know I have to find love inside but is he coming it's like Nope, nobody's
0: coming. <laughs> well, Mark's really disappointed now because that's what he wanted to know. When's she coming?
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's all around me. I'm sur- I'm, I swear I'm surrounded by the divine feminine because I know you I are. am. You are? I know. It's a blessed life I live.
0: <laughs> so, how well, I shall. I think you have to look at,
2: Mark. You know, I think you have to really just look at the fact that, you know, it, it, it really comes down to for you, uh, you just haven't been ready, you just haven't really wanted it. You can talk about wanting it, but the truth is that there have been other things that have always taken precedence. So that's what happens.
1: You're, you're absolutely right. And, and I know that to be yeah. true, and I'll admit it for myself, because, you know, I'm so enjoying what's going on in my life right now. I'm not I'm not interested in a chase or this longing or this desperate or the desire. Gains or the No. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm just, you know, right. like when I know, I know. And, and, and I love it because for yeah. me, I'm so loving my life that... Right. I don't need the distraction of Where is she? Are you the one? Are you the one? You know And, and I'm surrounded yeah. by the divine feminine, Beautiful women And artists no, And teachers And all so many things And I just I, I absorb the energy that way I think
2: I think you do And I think the other thing to keep in mind Is that You know When, when I'm asking that question it, We need to reframe that question Of like When is the person coming? And I always say When do you want it? because it's kind of like it's kind of like ordering it's like ordering something and you have to sign for it yeah Mm -hmm. you don't you're never home when they deliver it
0: yeah 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 (laughs) you got to know what you want let's can we go through some of these steps i think this would be cool for our listeners um okay so it's the right question reframing it it's not when is she coming it's you know okay what are the steps if you want to put in your order (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, let's back up for one moment, if we may, if, yeah. if I may, and I think the first thing is really say to yourself, am I willing to focus on it? Because it's like anything else. You know, if I want to magnetize something, I have to internally turn on that, excuse me, expression, the porch light. You know, when mm-hmm. you when you have trick-or-treaters, if you sit in a dark house, they're not coming to your door. <laughs> so... You know, are you willing to turn on, you know, before we even start it, it's like, do you know that you have to shift into a particular body energy? And I'll give you the exact thing that that looks like. And I know everybody and YouTube already know it. Have you ever tried to be on a diet? Have you ever been on one that worked versus one that didn't? And I think anyone can go yes and yes. And the difference is when it worked, when I took off that weight and released it, what happened was I focused on it. Nothing was going to get in my way, and that was my going to be my outcome. And when I didn't, it was kind of like, uh ah, one cupcake's not going to matter. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's the same thing with love or anything else. And so you can tell when someone is. I'm loving my life right now, and when you add to it, you know, when you get to that place and you add to it and go, I'm loving my life and I would really love to share that experience now because we have to give from our excess, not our reserve.
3: Mm-hmm. And the
2: truth is, you know, Mark, you've been, in, you've been in giving from reserve a lot of your life and you're finally at the place of, of giving from excess. So now we can go back to what are the steps, now we can look at the steps. The first thing is: are you, is it something you really want? Because so many people come and go. I want this, and I'm like, okay, but I don't think you do.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> I, I completely agree. You know, mm-hmm. I, and, and to say something, I want. Uh, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> truth, truth be told, because mm-hmm. the time and energy that that would take because you nailed. Hit the nail right on the head um, in regards to where my energy is coming from, where I've been giving, and, and you're absolutely correct there. So, you know, truth be told, I'm not fully ready for that because I'm so putting my energy into other things right now. <laughs>
0: it's true. Okay, well, let's let's, anyways, let's switch people then because I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll,
2: we'll switch. We'll switch to you in a minute. But what I want to say that this is what you said. You said fully, and it's very interesting because I talked about excess and reserve. So it's kind of like the tank has not filled up to the top where you feel like, yeah, yeah, this, this bad boy's got it going on, you know, (laughs) like ready to go. And, and when that happens, it's, you start to recognize that you have that excess and you do have that energy. And while it's kind of like, while the tank is filling up, it's filling up and you're enjoying that. So I think the first thing we have to look at and it goes to what we're saying, Gail is the idea of okay, first step is where are you? Is your tank still filling up but I really want to be in a relationship? I know I just broke up an hour ago, but I'm know. You know, okay.
0: So, See you know, a
1: therapist, right? yeah.
2: Right? Look, look, it's the old thing of like, you just flushed the toilet, let's let the tank fill up. You know?
1: No, that's a I mean, great metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> we can all relate to that.
2: Yeah, there you go. So that's the point we're making, is we've got to begin with, where are you in your capacity? And and the thing is, Gail, I mean, if you look at your capacity right now, energetically... Your capacity is, yes, you are at the place where you're, you're at the, you're at the fill level, right? And yet I would say to you the next step for you is maybe making a little room energetically is what will work. Now, what does that mean? So the first thing is, if you're gonna go on a diet, right, if you're gonna lose weight, the first thing you do is you get rid of stuff that made you fat in the first place. (laughs) <laughs> you know throw out all the chocolate get rid of all those things get rid of the things that say to you I'm single you know stop getting Cosmo magazine okay start getting you <laughs> Mark know- okay? I think you okay? talking to you there to no the <laughs> no
0: no not me
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I'm not that's a, obviously that's metaphorical but what I'm saying is step into and be in the relationship that you want to be in and when you're living that relationship every day, the universe abhors a vacuum, so it will fill it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So when you're living in the capacity of the relationship you're in, then you absolutely need to have that partner, and that partner will show up because that partner will match the relationship you're in.
1: Beautiful. And it will
2: balance you. So it's all about, it's all about where we're placing our energy. And just to give you – and just to kind of give you a a story before we go look at your stuff, Gail, one of my favorites is that um, – gosh, now my brain just went – I was just talking about capacity. Well, I guess I lost it. So we'll come back to it. No, that's I'll okay. We, that we only have in the about
1: five minutes textures. left, about four and a half minutes. So we do have to start mm-hmm. wrapping up pretty quick. Um, Sorry, Tasha, how are you then? Yeah. Did you have any other questions, Tasha, like about your love life? <laughs> Get a therapist.
0: <laughs> I am a therapist. Okay, <laughs> I have my own therapist. My own therapy. <laughs> well, and something I want to say is I
2: just pulled a card just to see what's going on. And I like to see because we've had this talk. The chariot, which is the seven, it is the major arcana. It's the final, it's the, it's that first step into the living part. So you've just done all the learning. But one of the things that happens in the living part when you step into the chariot, in the particular card, the woman is looking away and from the sky, out of the sky is coming the chariot toward her, but her back is to it. So what that's telling me is that your ability to manifest is very strong. The issue is that you may not recognize what you are doing in in order to create it. In other words, I don't know if you've ever made brownies like from scratch, but you make them and they're like this great batch and the next time you make them, you're like, oh my gosh, who made these? And you did the same recipe? Well, what we're talking about is with the chariot is learning that energetic consistency to attract it into your life. And... For you, um, Gal, it really is just remembering it. It's just remembering how you did it before, um, and that's what magnetizing is. It's turning on that internal porch light.
1: Interesting. And and when you pulled your card, I pulled one, and I pulled the lovers.
0: But what were you thinking Ooh. when you pulled it? For me or you? I wasn't thinking anything it's specific. Oh, I, I was saying, hmm. Let's he was if thinking I pull for it. himself. Exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking,
1: let's see what I pull. Maybe I, I pull a chair. I wanted
0: find the
2: lovers for you, which is really interesting in this deck. You're going to look at how the fool is looking at a picture on the wall of the lovers.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the question in that fool card is: Are you observing it or are you living it? And for right now, you're an observer. Oh, you're I'm not the in fool. the picture.
1: I'm the fool. Hmm? I'm the fool.
2: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. But um, no. But the idea is: Are you? Are you living it or are you observing it? So the, the lovers is a great card for where you're at because you're you're are you on the field playing the game or are you in the stand watching it? And that's what that asks you. And the answer is, of course, you're right now. You're on the field watching the game, having a great time.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of on the sidelines. Hot
2: dog, good beer. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. There you go. So we only have a couple of minutes. Tell our listeners if they want to find your cards or find more about you or get a reading where they would go.
2: Well, the first thing is is that the Chakra Wisdom Tarot is all over right now. I'm just typed all over the place. I went on to look for it and it, you can go on Amazon and you can type in my name, Tori, T-O-R-I, Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, and it will be... On Amazon, It will be on the Internet. I think Walmart even has it. So it's everywhere right now. And also, to find me, same thing. Just type in my name and my website will come up. And um, and it's pretty easy to find me and everything you need will be on there.
1: Yeah, and we have it all listed on our website even as we speak right now. Mm -hmm. There's a link with your information, link to your website and your cards and everything else. Which is
0: ConsciousLivingRadio.org. Exactly. So any final words to close us out? Cricket? I'm going to call you Cricket.
2: <laughs> yeah, I want to remind everybody that you hold the energetic cards. And cards are no more evil than a Bible or a gun. I hate to say it that way, but it's the person holding it that makes the difference. And so what I want to say is that you hold the cards of your life. You hold your own future. No one, no one is going to tell you it unless you already know it and they're only going to confirm it. So I hope that really, I hope that our conversation tonight really just opened a little bit of a door into the possibility of this work.
0: Mm -hmm. I do too, and I, I think your cards are simply stunning. And they are, actually there's a depth to them that I've not experienced with some other Oracle Decks because there's just such you can really drop into things. Uh, I I still don't have a handle on it all, so thank you, thank you for your offering. Sorry,
2: yeah, absolutely. I said I'm learning too because Mm -hmm. the truth is, I just got it a few weeks ago. You know, I put it all together, but it's like,
0: ooh, right, (laughs) Right. There you go. Thanks so much for joining us. It was delightful. We've been. Oh, it's
2: great. I loved it, you guys.
0: Okay, bye. We've been speaking with Tori Hartman about her oracle deck, Chakra Wisdom Tarot, which you can get online. We've got all the details on org. Have a great night, you guys. Let's go play the fool, Mark. We are. <laughs>